stand together. Start off today with a wonderful hymn. I never shall forget today. How many know that song? That's a wonderful. Let's sing that together. Everybody in the house of the Lord, have you come to worship Him? That's what it's all about today. We have come to lift up the name of Jesus and to glorify Him in this house today. Got a few announcements before we get back into the song service. Junior Talent, next Sunday we will have lunch and practice. And lunch will be provided with practice will follow, of course, uh, afterwards. And they will stay until 2.30. Also, we have a ladies' day out that will take place on April the 9th. They will leave the church at 7.45 a.m. They're going to be stopping in Hendersonville for breakfast. I suspect that will be Cracker Barrel, but don't mark my word on that. You will get some kind of food, though. Then you'll be shopping at the Asheville Outlet Mall. That sounds fun, doesn't it? I mean, women just can't get enough shopping, can you? Y'all be buying for Christmas and everything else already. Looking for those deals. Amen. We've got 100 days of glory going on. And um, 
God's blessing us in such a special, special way right now during this season. I want to take a minute. I want to thank everybody, first off, today for your giving. And um, I'm one of those preachers. I really don't try to make a big deal out of giving. Um, but every now and then, I'll, I'll tell people, just like we got two new offering boxes. And I had people coming in the door saying, where are you putting the offering at? Well, Lord have mercy. I'm going to make sure you know that, right? So we mentioned we got two offering boxes, tithes and offering at the back door, and so you can give there. So we talk about that every now and then, but I don't try to push it down people's throat. I don't want to be the pastor that always begs for money. It just doesn't look good. I'm a firm believer that God always provides the needs for his church and for his people. He always has. He always will. And so today I go back many years and uh, I thank everybody for their giving. I thought um, we've got Miss Ruby here today. I don't know if Miss Cromer's here today. They're two of the oldest members. They remember the days whenever they used to be across the street and they had brush harbor days where you just take trees and kind of cover it up and, you know, make you a little little rooftop to shelter you from the outside elements, shade and, and such for from the sun. And they remember those days. And I'm sure it was tight back then and tough back then. And then there's others that... You went through some tough periods with this church and you saw it to where it wasn't as good as it is today and it was struggling and this is before I came, probably even before I was born, some of the struggles that some of you remember, but you just kept being faithful. You just kept giving. You just kept blessing. And today I want you to know that God has blessed that. And I want you to know today that God is moving in a new way, in a new season. And I want you to know that the favor of God is all over us. In phase one, we did that in 19 months. We paid off a loan of $100,000. It was a $110,000 project. We paid it off. I never got up here and pushed and said, hey guys, you know, I, you got to give me money today. None of that. I just mentioned, hey, we got some little commitment cards. Several people started writing them out. $1,000, $1,000, and people started matching that and giving it. In 19 months, we were able to pay off phase one. So when you're in the middle of phases, when you get finished with phase one, what do you do next? It makes logical, mathematical sense. And so we went in, going into phase two, and we got a special offering last week, and I can't help but, uh, we got a special offering during last week, and I can't help but celebrate it today. I'm going to keep the person anonymous because I have not yet spoke to them, but I do want to celebrate with you because we just can't, can't let this go unnoticed. There was a donation of $500,000. You heard that right. Half a million dollars that was given last week. Can you give God praise in this place? God's good, isn't he? Hallelujah. We are in a season... That God is accelerating his kingdom. I'm going to say that again. We are in a season that God is accelerating his kingdom. So in other words, what I'm telling you is what would normally take years to do. God is accelerating that to now. Today. Right here. Right now. Several years ago, and I'm taking more time than normal. I really don't care. We'll be okay. Several years ago, I preached a sermon, and I'm going to have to bring this back to you guys because it's been a while, but 
I preached a sermon entitled Almonds Overnight. Does anybody remember that sermon? Some of you early on here with me. I preached it probably the first couple months I was here. And what we talked about was Aaron's rod that was put into the Ark of the Covenant there in the tabernacle. And it was put in there and with the, the stone, the tablets, the Ten Commandments. And Aaron's rod sat there and they put it in. They wanted to figure out who was the priest, who was the man of God, who was God calling for that season. And they put a dead, dried almond branch inside of the Ark of the Covenant. And when they came back the next morning, a dead, dried up branch had budded almonds. The impossible had happened just like that. That is what God is doing in this season. He has given us almonds overnight. Now, I want you to give God some praise in this house. You ought to stand and give Him an ovation of praise right now for the good things that our God has done. Can we just praise Him in this house? Because God has taken us to a season of acceleration. God is blessing us in a way that we've never been blessed before. The favor of God is shining on His people. So today as you're seated, I thank you, everyone, for your giving. You are so faithful. And we thank you for that. We take that money. Of course, we pay staff. And that's the way life goes. We're not doing it for free. I understand that. But at the end of the day, we take that and we invest it back into the kingdom. And as many of you know, our property here has not been renovated in a number of years. 35, 40 years, however long it's been. And so we're doing that little by little. I've got stuff rolling on this part, but it's probably going to be four or five months. I've already told you that, but we're working on some ideas for the gyms, painting the outside, just doing some things that need to be done over there. So we just praise God today for your donation. We praise God especially for this last donation that came in. So we honor you all, and this is our prayer. I want to put it on the screen, Chevy. Put that scripture up. This is my prayer over every one of you today. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Somebody say full. That means God's going to give you back what you gave. That's powerful. Not only that, it will be pressed down. It will be shaken together to make room for more. Praise His name. It will be running over. And it will be poured into your lap. That means God is going to put it on you so heavy, you aren't even going to be able to handle it. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That is the promise of God. My mama taught me something a long time ago, and I'm going to move out of the way and let him sing. My mama taught me something a long time ago with my preachers, and they said, you cannot outgive the Lord. And that's a fact. Can you give God praise? Amen. Let's stand back up and give them praise together in this place. Go ahead and put your hands together. Lord, we bless you. We praise you, oh God. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you come to bless the Lord? Have you come to give him glory? Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Got a new song this morning. Lord, we bless you in this place. Doors, he parted the raging sea. My God, he 
speaking to us today, and um, there's people that are going through things that I believe that God has this word for you today. Atmosphere is everything. Atmosphere is everything. Go to 1 Timothy 4 with me if you would. I want to read verse 1 and 2 here this morning. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. We don't hear much. I was thinking the other day when we look at a lot of modern churches. And just mainline preaching if I can say it that way. People that have really been given a platform to be heard. It seems as if we don't hear much about demonology anymore. We don't. We don't hear much about the spirit world. You, you don't hear pastors get up a lot and just call out the devil for who he really is. I mean, listen to something. See if you ever hear them say anything about Satan, about the devil, about darkness, for that matter, even saying the word sin. We, we just don't hear it talked about. I don't know if if they're scared to talk about it, I don't know if they're afraid that they're going to lose members if they talk about it or it's going to make people uncomfortable or maybe their church won't grow. I don't know exactly why and it may be a vast number of reasons as to why people refrain from that. But the Bible is very clear to us on the demonic. A matter of fact, when you look at Jesus, Jesus spent a significant time of his ministry casting out demons. He walked in such authority, demons did not control him, he controlled them. And when he walked on the shore of the Gadarenes and the demons came forward, he never had to say a word to the demon. The demon recognized who he was. And he said to him, he said, Jesus, have you come to torment us before our time? And Jesus rebuked it and he came out. We read of stories of, of, of boys that were casting himself in the fire. And Jesus said, bring them to me. And he cast out that spirit. People that were oppressed and depressed and were fighting with even suicidal thoughts. That Jesus came to them and he rebuked the devil out of them. It is a very real topic today. Oppression is real. Depression is real. Deception of the enemy has needlessly for far too long put people in bondage for far too long. And I want you to understand that even though the devil is real, his power is limited in what he can do in your life. I need you to understand today that if you are a child of God, you have no need to fear the devil. 
I don't know why preachers, they may be afraid that the devil's going to attack them. I want to tell you something. It don't matter if I preach this or not. The devil's already attacking me. He attacked me all last week. He's attacked me this morning. So, so it's not a new thing for me to be under a satanic pressure and a satanic attack. But that lets me know that if I'm under an attack that obviously maybe I'm on the right path. And I'm doing something that the devil doesn't like. And that's why he's wanting to fight against me. And you can know the same is true for you. This demonic spirit that comes against us, that fights us. The devil is powerful but yet his power is limited. There is nothing that the devil can do to you that God does not allow him to do. There is nobody under the sound of my voice. If you are saved and the blood of Jesus has covered you. You don't have to be one moment scared of demons or devils or Satan himself. If you are a Holy Ghost filled believer according to my Bible. You have been giving power over the demons. We need to understand today that this is not a spiritual handout lollipop season. We are dealing with some forces today that are unimaginable. We need to understand that we are in this battle. We understand that man lives in two different atmospheres. The first atmosphere is the natural atmosphere. That is what you can see. That is Jeannie's over here. That is there's a chair back here. Uh, There's a microphone here. There's water here. These are natural things that I can see. They are objects visible to the human eye. Can everybody see that? I mean, if I'm seeing a bottle of water, everybody shake your head. Do you see it? Thank you. I wanted to make sure I wasn't going crazy. I can see these things. But the spiritual world. Unless you have spiritual eyes, you can't see the spiritual world. You know, I wonder today... If God, and I've said this before because it intrigues me, but I wish sometimes that God would just open up my eyes and let me see what's going on right now in this church so I can understand it better in my spirit. I wish that God would allow me to look out right now on this congregation and look above you in the atmosphere and see if there's some demons that are fighting right now in this house. Because I believe there are. And I wish sometime that God would allow me to go outside and just see it. I saw it when I was at my last church. We were under such an oppression of the enemy. And I remember having a vision. I've never claimed to be a vision guy. But I remember I saw a vision that day. I was walking around the church praying. I'll never forget it. And I walked to the center of that church right there at the front of the altar. Right in front of the pulpit. And I remember God saying, look up. And I closed my eyes. And I remember seeing As if it were darkness all around me. And it wasn't just, it was as if I was really seeing. It was not a pigment of the imagination. I could see literal darkness. And God started showing me even more than what I could see in the church. He started showing me all of our property. And over every bit of our property, all I could see was darkness and and clouds hanging over. And God said, that is the enemy that is over your church trying to destroy it. That'll shake you up, honey. 
And he said, look at the center. And I remember looking up. And I remember I saw a little tiny hole. And through that little tiny hole, oh God, it's so real to me. And I saw a light shining through. And God said, but the light will always disperse the darkness. My God Almighty. God was letting me know it doesn't matter if the atmosphere is filled with demons. There's a God in heaven that has power over every one of those spirits today. Oh, God, help us today. There's a natural atmosphere. There's a spiritual atmosphere. And I was thinking that God made us as human beings sensitive to atmospheres. As a matter of fact, uh, I was thinking about the restaurants that we go to because we, we respond to atmospheres. Um, we, 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 we'll go out and we'll spend three times more of the money to eat something at a restaurant that we could cook at home three times cheaper. But the only reason we do it is because of the atmosphere. I told my wife last night, I put a little, a little dimmer switch on one of our things. I said, wherever I have a romantic dinner, I'll just dim this light right down over the thing. I figured it would be cheaper to me to buy a $24 one of those than to go out to a $300 restaurant. You want the atmosphere? I'll give you the atmosphere. In Florida, we used to go two years in a row, went to General Assembly there. There was this place that was called Texas Day Brazil. It's a Brazilian steakhouse, one of the best I've ever ate at. Back then, you could eat for about $50 a head. It's probably $65, $70 now with inflation. But I remember going there, and it was worth it, all because of what was going on on the inside. I mean, Brian, you'd love it. You've probably been the one. They give you this card, and it's like a green card and a red card. And the green means go. The red means stop. As long as you've got the green card, this guy comes over, chef, comes over, and he's butchering meat. Would you like to be? Ah, give me one of those. <laughs> Lays it on your plate. As long as meat comes out, you can get anything you want. On top of that, there's this huge bar, and there's sushi, and there's salad, and there's all kinds of stuff. I paid for it because of the atmosphere. Every now and then, some of you may want to go to Rick Irwin's and eat. It's pretty expensive, but at the end of the day, it's just a nice atmosphere and so God has made us in the natural to respond to the external atmosphere that we find ourselves in so I want you to understand today that just like we respond to the atmosphere God is responsive to the atmosphere understand with me that God is everywhere you can't go to Walmart without God being there right you can't go to the grocery store without God being there. But there's a difference in God's pre God being everywhere and God manifesting His presence somewhere. There's a difference when His train fills a temple. Because when He comes in, the atmosphere, what? It starts changing so we understand there's a difference the thing that causes God to manifest his presence is the right atmosphere that is why it is so important that I preach it I teach it I probably do it every single week I feel like sometimes but I can't help it that is why praise is so important in our church that is why worship is so important in the church house because I understand that God is going to respond to the atmosphere that we create in this place and that's why you can leave one week and you can think 
Oh, God. I hope next week ain't like this. And you can leave another week saying, Mascara everywhere like I saw some people last Sunday going out the door. It was beautiful. It's beautiful. Somebody said, oh, I don't know. That's ugly. No, no, no. It's beautiful to God. Because I knew where those, those tears came from. I know that they came from an altar being poured out on God. That is a beautiful thing in the sight of God. It's because you created an atmosphere for God to show up and to show out in your life. Understand with me that that is what God is wanting. The reason that we get in atmospheres like that is because we begin to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Enter into His courts with prayer. Be thankful to me and bless my name for the Lord endureth forever. Hallelujah to God. Whenever we get an atmosphere of praise, the Holy Ghost. Day of Pentecost, they fasted for 10 days. They stayed in the upper room until the Spirit came. They set the atmosphere for God to enter in. And then God changed the atmosphere when He got there because wind started blowing. Fire started falling. Is everybody with me today? So there's two atmospheres. But in this one occasion, God allowed the natural people to see the spiritual. And they see tongues like as a fire coming and sitting on every one of them. Man, I wish God would just give us a spiritual encounter like that. I wish that God would just show me. What he sees right now. I wish that I could see right now. The angels of God. That are fighting on assignment. And warding off the enemy. From getting involved in this service. So that you can get your breakthrough. Come on somebody. I'm telling you. When Jesus comes into the room. When the Holy Ghost comes. The atmosphere changes. It is in that moment. When the song goes to the next level. It is in that moment. While the preacher's preaching. That it's a wow moment. And you feel it. Because everything is shifting. Everything is changing because God is showing up. But today, there are principalities. There are powers. Yes, there are demons. They are different ranks. They have different powers. And they have come. They have different authority. But these demons have come to fight in the spirit world. And we cannot fight the spirit world with certain things such as natural ability. I don't care how good you sing. You can't out sing the atmospheric pressure that a demon can put on a church. I don't care how golden tongued you are and how well you're a speaker. Until you get rid of those demons, the atmosphere is clogged. It is stifled. That is why you can take one sermon and you can preach at one place and people don't respond. You can take the same sermon, use the same illustrations to another body of Christ and revival break out. It is all about the atmosphere. Understand with me today, my God, we cannot fight it with natural ability. We cannot fight the spirit world with education. You can have all the doctorates all you want, but you cannot overcome it with your education. Money cannot, cannot beat the spirit world. We can't just go out and buy some guns and go to war with the devil. It's like Phil Kidd told the story of a guy that was in his trailer staying in a camper. And he said that he called him and said, 
Brother Ken said, there's demons. I heard them outside. Said, I looked out the window. They're dancing all around the camper. Chanting and making all kinds of noises. He said, well, what you going to do? He said, well, I'm about to go in there and I'm going to get the shotgun. He said, what you going to do with the shotgun? Shoot yourself because you can't shoot the devil. You've got to fight spiritual warfare with spiritual weapons, ladies and gentlemen. We have to fight them with the Holy Spirit. You fight evil spirits with the Holy Spirit. You fight demonic forces with the most powerful name above every name that every demon in hell trembles to. The name of Jesus. So all spirits seek expression of their will in time and space. That means that they want to make a declaration. There's some of you in here that you need to understand this is already happening in your life right now. Satan is making a declaration over your life. There's some of you in here that you feel less of yourself because of the enemy. And I'm going to talk more about that here in just a few moments. But don't allow him to do that. Now understand that no evil spirit can manifest his will in the time and space without somebody... Providing him that opportunity. Can we say somebody? That's right. One person can allow the enemy to come into our territory. Can I show you this? I was watching a movie a long time ago. I can't even remember the name of the, of the movie. But I remember there was this army that was coming and they were wanting to fight. And there was this one guy on the inside that had become a spy for the other group. And I remember him going to the door, the gates of the city. It was well fortressed up they could not get in they knew that the only way they could get in is if somebody would let them in I remember watching that show and I remember that guy going that little traitor that's what we call him little snake anyhow he went to the gate he opened up the door and in comes the enemy to fight against the people on the inside and I'm telling you that is exactly how Satan has destroyed thousands of churches he did it through some body it was not a group. It was somebody that allowed envy to get in their heart. It was somebody that allowed jealousy to get into their heart. It was somebody that a root of bitterness sprung up. And Paul warned us of that because he said the problem with bitterness and these things sprouting up is that it doesn't just stay on one person. It starts spreading like crazy. And it starts taking root. And it comes up among the body so it's bad when one person allows him in. It's even worse when a group of people get together to let him have his way. That's why you have churches. I'm telling you, it bothers me today. It bothers me. Because I know some churches that have shut down, and that bothers me. There's church of gods in our own denomination that have shut down. That bothers me. To know that a church that they tell me used to thrive and be blessed. And now the doors are closed. That bothers me. It should bother every one of us in this house today. Because that is the work of the devil. And it's amazing because it started with somebody. And next thing you know they got their little gossiping clan together. They tag team against leadership. All the, it goes on in the church. You think... Washington politics are bad. Church politics are enough to make you vomit. Come on, somebody. See if we can't get a power grab over here. I'm going to see if we can't get brother so-and-so on my side. Seriously. The only one I need on my side is Jesus. 
This is the reason that the enemy has been able to come into our churches and absolutely destroy them. God help us to not let that be us. Wickedness and sin spread when somebody lets him in. The enemy has to have somebody to work through to get into the atmosphere. Not me. Not today, devil. That's what somebody needs to tell him. Because maybe he's been working on your mind already. You need to go ahead and let him know. Get behind me, man. You ain't going to rule today in my life. You're not going to have victory in my life. No, no, no. I ain't getting caught up in that mess. So there's different rankings of the enemy. I'm going to give you three of them and I'm going to close. And I've already taken up too much time on my intro. There are three levels that I want to give you. These demons have different ranks, different authority. They are on different assignment. Just like God sends angels on assignment. The devil has demons, which are just bad angels. You might as well look at it when they were cast down from heaven. You know, a third of the angels became demons. That's all it is. So we can almost have a white, you know, white robe angel, black robe angel. One represents good, one represents evil. We can look at it that way, right? We can look at light. We can look at darkness. And Satan is the ruler of darkness. And so we've got these bad demons and these good angels that are fighting one against another. But this is the beautiful thing. And I told you this several times. When God sent the angel to go to speak to Daniel to let him know his prayer had been heard. Do y'all remember what happened with the archangel? He got to him on day 21. But the response that he gave to Daniel is God heard you the first time you prayed. He said, but there's been some principality. There's some stuff going on in the spiritual world that you're not keen of and you're not aware of. It's a battle up there. And see, Satan was on assignment to destroy Daniel. But God sent an angel on assignment to rescue. And I need to tell somebody today that there's some demons that the devil has assigned to you. He has told them to take you out at all costs. But I need you to know you need to praise until the angel gets there. Because God's got an angel on the way. Those that are with us are more than with them. So there's three I want to talk about. Number one, there is a low level. This is what we'll call a low level of demonic activity. The Bible calls them a vexing spirit. A vexing spirit means annoyance. It is like the gnat that's always... And people sit there and laugh at you because you hurt yourself more than you hurt the gnat. Bam! They're aggravating as mess. They are annoying. That is what the vexing spirit... This is a low level of demonic activity. It happens all the time. Satan just a thorn in the side. Every time you try to get away from him, he nags you again. Every time you try to pray, he nags you again. Every time you try to speak victory, that vexing spirit attaches himself to you. Another word for vexing means frustration. So now you just get mad and angry. Another word means worry. That's why some of you, when you lay down at night, you can't sleep. It's because of a vexing spirit that's hovering over your bedroom. It's time to get that thing out in the name of Jesus. Because until we deal with it, 
it's going to stay right there until we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It's going to hover over your house until you go to your son or your daughter's bedroom and you get you some old-fashioned anointing oil and pray the devil out of there. He is going to be a vexing spirit over your house. These spirits are in opposition against the child of God. A vexing spirit is when you're, you get oppressed all the time. You wonder why people are down all the time. It is because of a, a vexing spirit. You wonder why they're discouraged all the time. It keeps coming. It just keeps coming. It keeps you thinking it's hopeless your situation. And whenever this vexing demon gets so bad, sometimes people just give up. Say, I just can't get the victory. I'm giving up. There's even those that have had suicidal thoughts. Even thoughts of hurting themselves. I want you to know that's a demon. That is a vexing spirit that is hovering over your life. It is real. But some Christians, when they get under the attack of the enemy, instead of taking their rightful position and using the authority that God has given them over the Spirit, God, why did you allow me to go through this? God, why is it always me? I mean, didn't I get enough last week? And we sit down and we pout. Instead of claiming the victory that God has given us. I'm mad at you, God. Things didn't go the way I wanted, so we pout. But if you want things to change for you, are you ready? Do you know what you got to do? If you want to change your situation, then you got to change the atmosphere. Woo! And now all of a sudden, that dried up, never shouting hallelujah, it's going to cease and it's going to stop today. The hands that haven't went up to praise God in 25 years, they're going up today, praise the Lord. Because I have got to change the atmosphere or either the devil's going to live here. And I cannot allow him to stay here. So I begin to praise God. It is such a simple concept. But I want to tell you something. Give me some air so I'm dying here. I want, you, I want to tell you something. This is the honest to God truth. I have never fought a battle with the devil. That I couldn't go get in a prayer closet. And talk to God. Or go in my office. Or go at the altar in a church. Walk around. It didn't matter how I did it. But if I got along with God. And got into the presence of God. I have never fought a battle. That God didn't change the atmosphere. And help me fight it on my knees. And I want to tell somebody today. That the vexing spirit over you. It has no authority. It's time for you to praise that demon off of you. It's time for you to praise that demon. Off of your children in the name of Jesus. A little for it. Itsy. Itsy. Listen to me. I, I, want, I want you to grab this really quick. Number, I, I, let me tell you. I, I was reading about Job. That's good. I was reading about Job the other day, and Job said it this way. He said, I am vexed in my soul. I am depressed. I mean, this spirit is real. I'm annoyed in my soul by these demons. But do you know what he said? He said, But as long as there is breath in my body, as long as there is breath in my nostrils, he said, I will praise. 
the Lord. Now we're wondering how in the world Job made it. We're wondering how he could lose all his children. And he still got up every morning and said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. We wondered how he could lose his wealth. How he could lose everything that he had. But he'd still praise God. It's because he changed the atmosphere and refused to allow that demon to stay on him and keep him defeated. There's a low level of demonic activity. Secondly, there is another higher rank of spirit that is created called the doctrine of demons. We just read about it. The doctrine of devils. The doctrine of devils are teachings or thought patterns that come from demonic powers and they begin to control the way people think. Yes, even Christians. Watch this. That's what happens to the atheists. That is why, listen, they are under the doctrine of a demon is why the fool has said in their heart, there is no God. It is an organized thought process that begins to be dominated by Satan. There was a Nazi politician by the name of Joseph Goebbels. You may not remember Joseph Goebbels, but he was the guy that actually took the place after Adolf Hitler committed suicide. He was the next chancellor that took over Germany. But before that, he was a Nazi politician. He supported, in fact, the Holocaust of several million Jews being murdered. He was not a good guy. One of the things that Goebbels said was this, and I quote, he said, if you repeat a lie often enough, it eventually becomes the truth. Did you hear that? If you repeat, and that's what politicians do. They lie to you and lie to you until finally you accept it. Well, they must be telling the truth. And the whole time they lie through their teeth. And I need you to understand that that is exactly the demonic oppression that is against some of you today. The devil has lied to you long enough. He constantly tells you things about yourself. They are not true. But because of the vexing spirit and because of his oppression, you have started to accept lies as truth in your life. It is the doctrine of devils. White supremacy, any other hate group out there. It is because they have believed the doctrine of demons. I saw a poor Asian lady the other day. Did y'all see that? A hate crime? Guy got her in the bathroom. Was just giving her body shots. It looked like he was hitting her too hard. But he was just hitting her. Gave her, I think they said 125. Just sitting there just beating on the poor woman. She's about 50, almost 60 years old. I thought to myself, my God, that's the doctrines of devils. We wonder why there's so much cruelty in the streets and there's rampage going on in the streets and there's murders going on in the streets. I just, before I came up to preach, I just got a notification of another car running through a parade and killed six innocent civilians. Just like that guy, in, I believe it was Washington or where was it, where he ran his car down the middle of the highway. Y'all saw that. They had to take the footage off TV because bodies were flying everywhere. They get these people into the, to the system and they get some fancy lawyer to come in there and they say, oh, they're just insane. I'm going to tell you whether any other church calls it for what it is or not, this church will. That is not insanity. That is demonology. Those people are not insane. They are filled with a demon. 
and they have believed the doctrine and the lies of the devil. My God, people who strap bombs on themselves in the name of a false god Allah and blows up innocent people they have listened and believed the doctrine of devils are you hearing what I'm telling you and I'm going to take it one step further if you start believing the lies that the devil is telling you you too are you ready you too are under the doctrine of a demon I didn't say you were possessed by one. I'm just telling you that you have believed the lie. You have believed the message. Oh, God Almighty, help us, Jesus, today. I want to tell somebody that Satan was a liar in the beginning. He is still a liar today. Look at John 8, 44. Let's go there. Woo. You belong to your father, the devil. and You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Did somebody hear that? I said there is no truth in him. That means when you get that little whisper in your ear that you're not good enough, that's not God. I almost feel anointed today. Hallelujah. That's not God. That's the doctrine of a devil. He's just wanting you to believe it. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Let me tell you something, folks. I learned a little hasta mañana. Anybody? Interpreter? Anybody got an interpretation? I think it means I'll see you tomorrow or something like that. I need to learn how to say see you next Sunday or Wednesday. All right, anyhow. The point is, it's not my native language. I wish it was, because I get around some people who talk different languages sometimes, they start saying stuff and giggling. I just want to interpret and say, hey, really? Huh? And speak to them back in their language. But I'm going to have to go back to school for that. It is his native language. I speak southernized American. We eat collard greens and biscuits. And, come on, somebody. And, and we got them little peppers and pour some vinegar on it. I'll say, come here. That means come here. I could say it neither, but I'm southernized American. And that is southernized English, southernology. That is the way I speak. The way that the devil speaks his native language is lies, lies, lies. For he is a liar and he is the father of lies. And God said, yet because I tell the truth, you don't believe me. So God's saying what I'm trying to tell you is everything that the devil says is a lie. But what I tell you, you can take it to the bank. So when the devil says you're ugly, you're going to say, no, sir, I'm beautiful. Because that's what God said about you. Whenever you say, my God, that demon says you're going to lose. You say, no, no, no. I hear the voice of God saying, I'm going to win. I hear the voice of God say, you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. My God and gave himself for you. I hear the voice of God saying that thus today. All right, pastor's about to get to the last point. Somebody just say amen. Whenever Peter was standing there and Jesus came up to him. And Jesus told him, he said, I'm going to have to die. And this and that and the other. Long story short, Peter had been listening to the devil. He said, nah, it's not necessary. And Peter, Peter, if you can save him, you ought to save him. Why do you think he cut off the ear of, the, of Malchus? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? I believe there's a little demon in his ear saying, fight. Fight for him. 
Come on, somebody. And so when Jesus is telling them, I'm going to have to die, I'm going to the cross, I'm going to save you and your children, your children's children, I'm going to save the whole world. Peter said, far be it from you. You're not going to do that. Did you know what Jesus, he had believed the doctrine of a devil. And did you know what Satan said to him? Or what Jesus said to him? He didn't say, Peter, get behind me. He could have said that, right? That was his name. Simon Peter, get behind He looked at him and he said, Satan. He had believed the lie of the devil. And he said, Satan, that doctrine of devil, get behind me. I'm telling somebody today, you need to tell the devil the same thing. Satan, get behind me. You don't belong here anymore. Thirdly, thirdly. God, I'm getting longer and longer. Jesus, help Jimmy. And I'm leaving with this point. Thirdly, this is the strongest of all demons that we will ever fight. It is called territorial spirits. Territorial demonic strongholds. It is where the enemy, if we were to lay out a map and we see South Carolina and we see Florida, it is where the enemy strategically wants to know where God's moving. All right, boys, give me your report. What is God doing? Can, can y'all tell me what's going on at Gap Hill over there? I need my report. Because I got to send you on assignment. Are y'all ready for this? And so he begins to mark off areas. And he targets areas. And he says, this is the territory that we're going to claim. This is the territory that we're, because we don't want God to move like that. We don't want God to bless like that. I mean, I mean, these churches over here that are about to shut down and, and they're dying, leave them alone. They'll die. They'll kill themselves from the inside out. But you find somewhere where God's moving. You find somewhere where vision is. Because where vision is, there is life. Where there is no vision, there is death and the people perish. You find life and we're going to go and we're going to get that territory. We're going to mark it on the map. We are going after it. Understand with me today. That these are high powered demons. They come to territories, geographical areas. They go over nations. They go over cities. They go over churches. Trying to claim territory. Understand with me. Not one person can take on the spirit that is over a whole nation. The spirit over America. The spirit over Africa. The spirit over Haiti. I, 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 you know, I had a friend who was a missionary. And he talked about how when he went to Haiti... He said that he went to step off the plane and the moment that he stepped off the plane when his foot hit, he felt a presence of darkness like he had never felt before. And it just, he said, and he was born again. He's full of the Holy Ghost. He said, but there was a territorial demon everywhere you walk. It was so thick you could just feel it because the atmosphere through paganistic worship. See, the natural creates the atmosphere for the spiritual. And so through the natural they have been done all these rituals. There's witch doctors of, of towns and cities. And I heard a pastor that told me he went to preach into that city. And as he was preaching Jesus, that witch doctor didn't like it because that was her territory. And she came and he said, and he could hear over there just a chant. 
speaking in some kind of weird language. And she was trying to, to just to bring sickness on him and trying to rebuke him and trying to bring a spirit to fight against the spirit of God that he was preaching with. Understand with me, it takes the entire body of Christ coming together to pray against these kinds of spirit of immorality, the spirit of perversion. We've got to pray for this demonic activity that's taking place in our world. We got to pray, pray for the spiritual battle that we're fighting in our churches. Because what I need you to understand today is that these demons are trying to claim our schools. Now don't everybody shout it once you rule my message. That's why we got liberal teachers and they're teaching them liberal ideologies. I like Pickens. Pickens County has been a good school district. I really, I love Six Mile Elementary. Susan works there. I love that school. But a lot of those teachers, they go to church. So when you walk in there, you feel that atmosphere. You feel a sense of family. You feel a sense of purpose. You feel a sense of accomplishment. A sense of community. Because there's people that have created that atmosphere. But there's other schools and there's universities and there are colleges. That when you step on them, you can feel the work of darkness. The reason that he wants to infiltrate the college and take that territory is because one day he wants your kid to go there. And he wants to fight against them. Understand with me that he has taken and claimed the courthouse in many places. That's why evil is prevalent on the street. That is why murderers are being released. That is why people that do heinous crimes are being let out. Because of territorial spirits that have taken over the courthouse. Now today I'm worried about our world. I'm worried about our nation. But more than that, I'm worried about our church. I know that the devil is trying to claim this church. But I want to tell the devil today, he has no stronghold here that will hold over the power of the Holy Ghost that's in this place and around this place. Acts 16. Come on, go to the keyboard. Go to the keyboard. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. Let's go to my next verse. One day as we were going down the place of prayer, they were going to pray. This is Paul. We met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She was a fortune teller. Don't go to them things. They're full of the devil. Kids, if you, if, if, if you at school and somebody says, hey, let me read your poem. I've been practicing. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Walk off. I'm serious as I can be. That's a demonic spirit. Don't get into that stuff. Don't dabble in it. Said this girl could tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortune. They had taken over the territory. It's their province. It's their city. Get out of my town. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting. These men, they're servants of the Most High God. They have come to tell you how to be saved. That's what the demons said through her. Are you ready for this? This went on day after day until Paul got so exacerbated that he turned and said to the demon within her, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And instantly, it left her. Are you ready? Let's go. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. The province had been taken. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. We'll teach you a lesson. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted. 
They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them strips and beaten with wood rods. They were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered, make sure they don't escape. So here we've got two men in a very bad atmosphere. They attacked the devil. They rebuked the devil. They took over some territorial rights from that territorial demon. So they found themselves put in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. But around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. They could hear what was going on. And suddenly, there's a massive earthquake. The prison shaken to its foundation. The doors all immediately fly open. And the chains of every prisoner are falling off. Did you see what Paul and Silas did? They changed the atmosphere. Let's stand. I got to leave today. God have mercy. Are you under oppression? This city isn't yours anymore, declaring. This church, it can't be yours anymore. Watch this. So are you tired of that oppression? Tired of that atmosphere of anger and hatred in your home? Are you tired of giving place to the devil? My response to you is then don't do it anymore. There is freedom for you. There is power to fight in the spiritual realm. More than a conqueror. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No demon can stand against you. If I could pray, I would say I take authority over every vexing spirit. I would say I displace them in the name of Jesus. I take authority over the doctrines of devils that have tormented the minds. With false doctrines, false religions, false thought patterns. I take authority over all of that in Jesus' name. I take authority over principalities against powers in the name of Jesus. Because devil, this is our territory. And this is our season. I gotta gotta leave. I gotta leave. I've been preaching 44 minutes. That's long for me. That's long. Watch this. Don Rich said he was preaching. He went into a town that was known. He was a good old independent homeless preacher. Strict. Man, that man... He preached like you couldn't do nothing. I mean, you couldn't hardly chew gum. A man could preach. And I will never forget. He said, I went into a town that was known for its drinking. I was telling Brian and Sandra a little bit about this this week. He said, when we went in there, there's town drunks all around. He said, literally, when you walked in the little town, you could smell the stench of alcohol. He said, so I got my little microphone, and I got my little carry speaker. And I walked to the front of that park. He said, I knocked on the door. And the man opened the door that owned the bar. And he said, sir, could you plug in some electricity? Could I just borrow you a little bit? I'll even pay you for it. If you'll just let me use it for about an hour. To which the old bar owner wasn't paying much thought. He said, whatever, just come on in and plug it in. He said, no, I ain't coming in that place. He said, would you plug it in for me? So the bar owner takes it. He plugs it in the socket. He grabs his microphone, he cuts on his speaker, and he starts declaring, thus saith the Lord, to a bunch of drunks. He said some of hell's angels that used to come through that town drove up while he was preaching. He said they started standing up, big men, burly men. He said, I thought they were going to come and beat me up. I really did. He said, but I said, bless God, I'm going to hold my ground. I'm going to preach. 
He said, and I kept on preaching. He said, one burly man tattoos all over him. He said, he walked up to me and just stood there and folded his arms and looked at me. He said, I just kept on preaching. He said, he had a cigarette in his mouth. He said, he took it out, put it on his chest and just let it go out right there in front of me. Threw it on the ground. He said, I just kept on preaching. He said, but somewhere in the middle of that sermon, the spirit moved in. And he said, that old burly guy started crying. And he said, he knelt down on the ground. And he started giving, he said, that whole crew of hell's angels that came that day, they knelt down around that place that had been territorial, demonized with alcohol. Revival broke out. And they started giving their heart to Jesus. And this is what he said. He said to us in that crowd, and I about came unglued. He said, I preached, souls got saved, and the devil paid the light bill. It is time for you to rebuke that devil off of your life right here, right now in the name of Jesus. We're a few minutes over. I could care less because your home depends on this. Your children's future depends on what you do right now. Because the Holy Ghost told me last night that there's some people that their children are being demonized. They're being tormented. And God wanted me to give you the message to every parent in this house. To every grandparent, every prayer warrior that knows how to pray. God told me it is time for you to take your territory back. And tell the devil, oh boy, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. I'm going to do it this way. I'm done. Because I'm about to pass out. I've preached. I can't preach no more. You want to pray? Now's your moment. If you're in the in the pew with your family and you just want to grab each other's hand, daisy lock, daisy chain, whatever they call it. If you want to put your arms around me, I don't care where you do it. I'm just telling you that Satan wants your territory. And there's some of you in this building that he has gained territory and you've been so preoccupied and busy you haven't even seen it. But God wanted me to tell you today it ends. He can't have it anymore. But here's the thing. I can't do it for you. You got to do it for your house. I can't. You have to. Sing that song. If you want to pray, now's the moment. Have your moment with God. Let Sing praise it. be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let it silence oh, the enemy. 